This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz, good morning. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much, uh... For asking uh, listeners, just to let us know what's going on today. Leafs and Senators played last night. We're going to have the general manager uh, shortly after the first break. The general manager of the Ottawa Senators, Pierre Dorian, is going to join us. There are some exciting things going on down in in, in Ottawa. Uh, Pierre's done, uh, I will say, a great job in the rebuild of that team. Some ex- new, exciting young talent in Ottawa, which bodes well for uh, an Ottawa-Toronto rivalry as they've got some great young players, we've got some great young players. It should be an exciting uh, exciting few years going forward in the uh, Senator Maple Leaf rivalry, and uh, who better to talk to Pierre Dorian. Uh, later on in the hour, Naz, I know uh, you were as excited as anybody uh, last weekend, last Sunday night, the Bills trounced the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't say that I saw that coming. Uh, the Bills are being talked uh, all over the NFL as Super Bowl candidates this year. You got one of the greatest young stars in football, MVP candidate, and uh, Josh Allen. Uh, certainly, I know Naz, you're thrilled. Uh, as am I. Uh, we're both Buffalo, Buffalo Bills fans. We have significant audience in Western New York, and uh, big one against the Tennessee Titans Monday night. And uh, who better to talk about that with than Joe the Throat Theisman is going to join us uh, later on in the hour. Uh, Joe, of course, uh, Washington football team can't use the, that uh, second name that they used to use anymore. So. Uh, the uh, Washington football team, great. Uh, Toronto Argo, great. And uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish, great. Joe Theismann, uh, we'll have a chat with him. Naz, uh, before we go to our first break, I want to catch up in a couple areas. Last Sunday, we were talking about the, the uh, performance of the Canadian men's national soccer team. They had done extremely well in tying Mexico, which was a great result. Uh, tied again, Jamaica. Sunday night and thumped, thumped Panama uh, this week. And what a performance by Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies is unquestionably now one of, can be regarded, he's the most famous Canadian in the world right now. Uh, I don't think it's a stretch to say that. Um, Probably, uh, I would argue uh, or advocate uh, one of the best soccer players in the world right now. And in my mind, no question, the best uh, soccer player in North America or on this side in CONCACAF. Uh, I'll, I'll leave South America behind because they've got some great talent in Brazil, Argentina down there. But in CONCACAF, I can't think of anybody better than Alfonso Davies. What a performance. What a game. The goal had me out of my seat. Holy smokes. i never seen anything like it. Yeah, I mean, he is the fastest soccer player. 
player in the world. He's got pace. He's got pace that I, I mean, he gets, you know, he gets up and down the field faster than anybody I've ever seen. And that goal that you talk about, Naz, was, was excitement personified. Uh, I mean, he just, he cat, he got that, that defender, uh, moment. He just had a moment of indecision and, you know, Alfonso Davies came out of nowhere, grabbed the ball, went up the field, and uh, scored. And the the, the goaltender from Panama seemed absolutely shocked at what had just transpired. And I, you know, I talked to a few people that were at the game. It was at BMO. The atmosphere down there was electric. I I talked to people that were there who said that that was may have been one of the most exciting. Uh, sports games that they've ever been in terms of the electricity, in terms of the passion. Uh, everybody was on their feet almost the entire game. It was just a remarkable, remarkable event. Setting it up, Canada is trying to qualify for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar or Qatar or whatever, however they call it nowadays. Um, they are in third place right now. Um, that game that they beat Panama was incredibly crucial. Uh, they have to finish in the top three to, to get through. They are one point behind the Americans. I don't think they're going to catch the Mexicans. They're four points behind the Mexicans, but they're too clear of Panama. So they're in the thick of it. Got uh, some games coming up in November. <laughs> they got one against Mexico, I guess. I think it's in Edmonton in the middle of November. Uh, everybody's hoping for a blizzard, um, but I think uh, I don't think this Canadian team needs a blizzard. I think they they've got enough talent to uh, they can compete against anybody in uh, in Concacaf, and at some point in time, we're going to hopefully see them compete against the best in the world. Um, Naz, last thought. Would it, would it be a dream of ours that Canada and Italy meet in the next World Cup? Well, you know, I had that interesting discussion with uh, with my partner at work. I go, if Canada and Italy meet in the World Cup, who are we rooting for? Um, and, you know, who are we rooting for? And uh, that's a tough one. I got to tell you, that's a tough one. Obviously, we are we're proud Canadians, red and white. Uh, I I think. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go where, where with where you live. Uh, I, I thought about that. You know, our hearts are with the Azzurri. The Azzurri probably has a chance to win the World Cup. Maybe Canada doesn't, so that may factor in the decision. But uh, yeah, I, I will be proudly wearing a Canadian sweater. There's no question about that. This team deserves. This team deserves all the support it can get from uh, from all Canadian fans, and I will certainly support it 120 percent, as I'm sure you will, Ness. Yeah, absolutely. I would be for Team Canada for sure. But it'd be an inter- interesting game, that's for sure. Yeah, I I'd absolutely love to see it. It may happen in 2000. I mean, if, if the organizers may have some control over this in 2026, when the World Cup will actually play some of the preliminary games will be played in Canada, and Canada automatically qualifies for the 2026 World Cup. I know we're talking about it in the future, but if I'm an organizer of that tournament and I'm and I'm uh, I'm president of the Canadian Soccer Federation, I think I'd be lobbying. Right now to be put in the same group as Italy and playing the games out of Toronto. Um, And man, would that be an event? Canada and Italy at BMO in the 2026 World Cup. we got to start talking about it now. Hopefully the organizers would understand the impact of that game and what it would mean uh, 
for Canadian Canadian soccer. It would just be incredible beyond belief for all of us that have been Azzurri fans, for all of us that are Canadian national soccer team fans, for all the great uh, legends we've had on the show, like Kadman and Marcantonio, Bob Ayarushi, who are Canadian Soccer Hall of Famers, Italian in origin, but uh, proud members of uh, Team Canada have been capped in the, in the red and white. Man, what that, what that event would mean for so many people to see Canada play Italy in Toronto at BMO in the 2026 World Cup. That would be, yeah, we got to start talking about it, but let's worry about next year for now. We want to see it, Canada qualify for the 2022 World Cup. There's so many football, soccer fans in Canada. This Canadian soccer team has talent. It can compete, and it can compete against the best in the world. And we have one of the best in the world in Alfonso Davies. He's 20 years old, and he is just phenomenal beyond belief for a Canadian soccer player. Um, just a pleasure to watch. Pleasure to watch some of the others. Buchanan is a talent. Um, so many others. I ask, you know, uh, the names escape me right now. I'm getting excited about it. Uh, I've been watching every minute of it as they've been qualifying, and I'm getting more and more excited about it as certainly yeah, they can event. compete with the U.S. and Mexico now for sure. They're right at par with the U.S. Maybe just a little behind Mexico, but they're there. You know, they have to bring it every single game. You know, the reality is Mexico is ranked ninth in the world. The United States are ranked 14th or 15th in the world. You know, when you're playing against uh, Mexico and the United States, you're playing against two teams that have been ranked uh, in the top in the world for, for, you know, for a long time now. Canada isn't at that level yet. We're still about 50th in the world, but we've got a bullet. We're heading up. We're heading up north, uh, heading, heading up in those standings. I'm not sure we're, you know, we can, no question we can compete against the United States and Mexico. We just have to become consistent. We have to be able to do it every game. Uh, this team is showing me that they can do it. Uh, but the margin of error is so small in CONCACAF. It's, uh, you know, those other teams are biting at their heels. You know, it's not easy going in and winning three points in, in Honduras uh, or in Costa Rica or in Panama, or El Salvador, or some of those countries. It's not easy going in there and, and coming out even with a point. Uh, but this team, uh, they're going to do it, Ness. I, I, you know, they're going to do it. The talent is there. Really quick. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I agree. We, got, we got Pierre coming up shortly. Um, thankfully, last night, Naz, we didn't have to see the backup goalie. At least one last night. That beat the <laughs> I, was, I was hoping he'd get in there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They didn't give you a shout, Ned. No, yeah. Back okay. goaltending <laughs> duty. I didn't. I'm surprised they didn't call the Zamboni driver, David Ayers. But Leafs no, he's with, he's with Carolina. The, yeah. Speaking of, Freddie Anderson has has had a good start there. Yeah, Carolina. Not, Freddie Anderson's a good goaltender. Uh, yeah, he's going to do well there. Let's uh, let's not take that away from him. Got criticized a bit for some performances in the playoffs, but his overall body of work. Uh, you know he gave. You know what he uh, he earned his pay when he was in Toronto. Let's put Absolutely. it that way. He, he took a lot of rubber, and uh, you know he won a lot of games for the Leafs during the regular season. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to come here and be critical of Freddie Anderson. But last night Leafs found themselves in a cap issue. Um, they had to uh, uh, the goalie Peter Mrazek got injured. Uh, they couldn't bring up Hutchinson without sending somebody else down. So they had to sign 
a University of Toronto goaltender. I believe his name is Alex Bishop. Um, you know, it, it, you know, it sounds funny, Ness, but I, I've seen some legitimate commentators say, you know, this is it's it's almost, um, and this is with the greatest respect for Alex Bishop, it's almost bush league that the NHL finds itself. And I'm not going to criticize, I'm not going to criticize Kyle Dubas here. You know, there's been a lot of difficult decisions that have caught up with uh, a lot of NHL general managers around the league because of COVID. COVID, uh, the, you know, contracts were awarded based on a critical assumption that the cap would go up. COVID sort of has uh, unexpectedly uh, made those assumptions incorrect. So a lot of general managers, not Cal Dubas, found, find themselves in difficult circumstances. I read that uh, Colorado could only dress 19 players the other night because they've got cap issues. This isn't, this isn't just the problem for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I would think there's got to be something the NHL should do. I know, I, mean, I know it's part of a collective bargaining process, but when you, when you risk putting an amateur into the NHL, into the net, I think they've got to come up with a special rule for goalies. Uh, you know, like everybody, we laugh about Carolina putting the Zamboni driver in, but that's, you know what, it's professional sports. Is that, is that necessarily the image you want? Um, you know, having, if Alex Bishop had gone in the net last night and cost the Leafs a victory, uh, you know what? It's professional sports at the highest level. I'm not so sure that that should. I mean, I get it for the for the defensemen and forwards. You got 19 of them dressed, or how many you have dressed. But if you've got to put anybody less than a professional NHL goalie into a net, you're asking for all kinds of potential ridicule. And you know what? I think the NHL better sit down quickly and figure out a solution for this because this may become a, a, a bigger problem as goalies go down during the season. Nas? In part, in part, that's why Dubas is in trouble right now with the salary cap because he thought it was going to go up about $8 million when he signed yeah. all those guys, when he signed Tavares and Marner. Right? And he's in a position where he can't do anything. And they even the guy that wrote the uh, agreement works for the lease, and he can't figure a way out. A way out. So and and I just expect? I just want to be I just want to be careful, you know, that it's it's just not a it's just not a, a Kyle Dubas problem. This is a problem for all the general managers in the league, and it's difficult. You know, you know, you operate under one set of rules, and you operate under a set of assumptions, and you know it's difficult to predict the future. Nobody saw COVID nineteen coming. Nobody saw the impact that would have on revenues, and nobody saw a frozen cap. Nobody, no general manager, I think, foresaw that. So I, I'm not here to be critical about it, but I think the uh, the powers that be at the NHL better have a look at this and see if there's any adjustments that can be made on a short-term basis that are fair to everybody uh, and don't necessarily reward general managers that have been less than careful, but there are some in situ- and then more concerned about the situation with goalies than anything else. Um, we just I don't think it's a good image to have an amateur playing in a professional game. It, it makes for fun and it's a great conversation and it's a great story and David Ayers can go on talk radio and all that and it's fun. I'm not so sure, you know, that's an appropriate way to manage a professional hockey league. Anyways, we've got to run, Naz. Pierre, Pierre Dorian, general manager of the Ottawa Centers. We want to catch up on all the good things that are happening down in Bytown. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when we received questions on the new barbecue turkey bacon pizza. 
What kind of bacon is on it? Well, turkey bacon. It has a barbecue sauce base, red onions, pineapple, hot banana peppers, mozzarella cheese and chilli flakes. Do I need to barbecue it? No, it comes fully cooked. What if I don't have a barbecue? Oh, boy. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. His only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Brigabud. We are live on AM740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. And live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, General Manager of the Ottawa Senators, Pierre Dorian. Pierre, good morning. How are you this morning? Very good. How about yourself? We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us, Pierre. I know you uh, had a late night last night. The Senators and the Leafs played last night. I know it may not have been the result. Uh, I know it wasn't the result you were hoping for, but uh, you had a lot of other great results this week uh, in Ottawa Senators land. Uh, I know as a as uh, we're Leaf fans here, but we want to see the Ottawa Senators uh, do well, except for, of course, when they play Toronto Maple Leafs. But uh, congratulations, Pierre. You've been doing a fantastic job. You're putting together a great young team. Um, and uh, this week you managed you managed to finally get the deal done with Brady Kachuk, $57.5 million over seven years. Um, I think more than anything it shows that uh, you... Uh, and your management team and Eugene, of course, are committed to uh, bringing winning hockey to Ottawa and this commitment and with Shabbat and with some of the other young players. Uh, the future looks bright in uh, in Ottawa, Pierre, so congr- uh, congratulations. How did you get the deal done with Brady? I understand it took a little bit of a road trip down to Belleville. Tell us how all that came about. Yes, obviously it took us uh, a little road trip down to Belleville uh, to get this deal done. Uh, we, you know, we hadn't talked for a few days, 
and um, we just felt that you know the season was starting on Tuesday, and I pretty much told uh, phoned um, Brady's agent, uh, especially Craig Osters, the major agent here, and just told him you know it's Tuesday, it's today the league starts, we got to find a way to get get it done. So I said let's just meet halfway, and he he I think he answered on term on money. I said, no, no, let's just meet halfway and do this in person. Uh, as we all know, sometimes negotiations, when you're able to do it face-to-face and in person, you seem to make some a bit more progress. And these days, a lot of things are done on Zoom and through Skype and other means. So we just uh, we, we really worked hard at it for uh, over two hours and a half on uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, Pierre, I'll turn over to my co-host, Naz Marchese. Naz? Pierre, how, uh, how was the reaction of the fans in Ottawa when he was signed? Um, I think I could. Uh, I think Eugene and I could have ran for mayor and coal mayor, and we would have won. So, <laughs> so I, I think it was very well received by our fan base. Obviously, getting Brady here, uh, you know, he'll play his first ten years of hockey for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, hopefully, we can also work on a contract after that. But we'll see where both parties are at that point in time. Uh, but it was very well received by our fans. Um, and that's that's good news. I know that uh, Eugene um, uh, has come under criticism over the past. Uh, a lot of it, uh, a lot of it, uh, in my estimation, a little bit over the top. But, uh, but Eugene, I know his heart's always been in the right place. Uh, just uh, tell us a little bit how uh, Eugene's involvement, uh, his support, his uh, his passion to, uh, to to get a winning team in in Ottawa. Well, obviously, I, I think we don't have a bigger fan of the Ottawa Senators than Eugene Melnick. Uh, I, I think his support through all of this, through a lot of our uh, pieces that we're putting together, you know, signing Thomas Shabbat a few years ago, his contract came into play last year, uh, signing Thomas Shabbat uh, to uh, the contract, the eight-year contract we signed him, the long-term commitment we made to one of our better fours in Drake Batherson, obviously this contract with uh, Brady Kachuk, you know, on Tuesday night, coming back from Belleville, um, he told me to sleep on it. But you know, he he, he empowered me, the, our management team, to be able to go ahead and do this deal. Uh, you know, we both have been criticized, both Eugene and myself. Uh, but obviously, when you're starting a rebuild and you want to make sure you have um, many years where they drop the puck on opening night and you feel you're a playoff team and you can challenge, you know, go deep in the playoffs. You're going to have to take, you know, you're going to have to take a few steps backwards to take, I think, multiple steps forward. So I think his support through all this has been great for our management team, for our coaching staff. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, I think the unity amongst all of us will, will allow us to prevail. Naz? Pierre, you have another Pierre working for you in hockey, Pierre McGuire. Tell me a bit about his background. Most people would think that he was with TSN, but he's more than that, right? Oh, he's definitely more than that. Pierre's had a vast background. Obviously, he hasn't been in a management group um, for quite a number of years, but he does bring a lot to the table. Pierre's ability to know the NHL players, know a lot of the background on NHL players. Obviously, he, he's been a scout. He's been an assistant coach. He's been a coach. He's been an assistant general manager. So bring, he brings a lot to the table. He's a great sounding board to throw things at. You know, there's some things he's finding out, you know, I don't think he's ever negotiated a contract under this CBA, under these new CBAs and the parameters, but as far as hockey knowledge and uh, bringing a wealth of uh, experience, as far as hockey experience, you know, when you're watching so many games 
you know, as they have over the past few years, <laughs> right at ice level, I, I think you do you do get a lot of. Uh, I think we get a lot of information benefit for our organization. Well, it's great, uh, Pierre's uh, with the Senators, and uh, please tell Mr. McGuire there's uh, there's uh, a spot for him to uh, chat with us on the Nazawali Sports Hour uh, in in the in the near future. So we'd certainly love to have him on the show as well, uh, uh, Pierre. Um, Without commenting directly, the Toronto Maple Leafs got themselves in a salary cap pickle this week, as I'm sure some other general managers, uh, and I know you can't comment, and I'm not asking you to comment on the Toronto Maple Leafs situation. Just from a very general perspective, um, salary cap issues for managers these days, um, is it a challenge for you and... and uh, what, how has this arisen? How, how much has COVID impacted the salary caps around the league? Well, obviously, I'm never going to comment on the Maple Leafs. No, you know, I, I know you can't. Full. I don't want you to comment. <laughs> we, on we, we've got our hands full, but they've got some really quality people, and Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas that, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I think we're, we're – um, we have the same title, you know, same functions and everything. Kyle's one of the brightest guys in the game. So on that point, I'm not going to say anything. But the COVID has affected us. That you know, obviously, the teams that were at the uh, at the maximum spending on salary cap, it was affected because as general managers, we plan ahead, you know, three, four, five years, and you're always planning that the cap's going to go up. And obviously, this pandemic affected our, the ability for the cap to go up. So when you're budgeting, you know, uh, three and four and five years, uh, you know, down the road, you, you know, you're projecting for that escalating cap, and that's not happening because of the pandemic. So, you know, a lot of teams have been in salary cap crunch, and, you know, it's not just the Toronto Maple Leafs, but a lot of other teams have had to be uh, very um, – in- find a lot of ways to not to get around the cap but to be at the cap so uh, i think you know this pandemic and COVID has affected our ability sometimes to be uh we, we've got to take a step back and how we um allocate our, our money Ness, pierre who do you see as your breakthrough guys with all, with all the young guys you have who's, who do you see breaking through and making a name for himself uh, for us, I think the guy we just signed, obviously Brady's going to be a big part of our, our, our team, but I think offensively the guy that we expect big things from this year is probably Drake Batherson. He's someone that we signed to a six-year term just before the year. He's probably our most gifted offensive player as far as pure skill and ability to generate offense. He would probably be the player that I see breaking through for us this year. Um, there's a... A player by the name of Shane Pinto, who's uh, doing some great things, uh, is actually being uh, talked about as a Calder Cup uh, candidate. Uh, tell us a little bit about Shane Pinto. Well, Shane Pinto was a, a player we drafted with the first pick in the second round a few years ago. Yeah, he had a great college collegiate career at uh, North Dakota. Uh, we obviously played a few games for us at the end of at the end of last year. That's a benefit for us. <laughs> not that that uh, having a team that is not at the top of the standings is great, but at the end of the year, you can put some of these younger kids in your lineup. And this year, um, probably except for the first rookie game, uh, he's been one of our better forwards. He plays the game the right way. He plays the game as a center inside the dots. He's always supporting the puck well. He's got a good shot, good skills. He competes. Uh, except when he goes up against Tavares, he's usually pretty good on draws, but Johnny <laughs> T's one of the best in the league. 
Um, so he's got a lot of things that you look for. He's a hardworking human being. He comes from a great family. So he, he's someone that we see having a big impact for us for years to come. Uh, Pierre, we know you don't have, uh, you've got another game. The uh, Senators have another game today. We won't keep you much longer. Naz, uh, last question. Matt Murray, how serious is his injury, Pierre? Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. We, we had a cold going around our dressing room. And, you know, how how colds affect certain people different ways. I had a cold maybe three weeks ago. Uh, and I tr- tried to stay away as much from our players. Pretty much buried myself in my office coaching staff uh obviously the fact that we're wearing masks all the time help um and uh, it's just a cold that's really hit him hard uh we think he'll be ready to play uh, by thursday or saturday uh he's had a great camp uh, i think ever since zach burke has come come in as our goalie coach he's had great numbers and we know that he's going to be a guy that's uh, heavily counted on this year We've been talking to uh, Pierre Dorian, the general manager of the uh, Ottawa Senators. Pierre, we want to thank you so much. You, uh, you're busy. You had a game last night. You've got another game today. We thank you for taking the time for us. We will wish you and the Senators a great season. Uh, we congratulate you and Eugene and all your team over there. Uh, the future seems bright in Ottawa, and we look forward to a great Senator leaf rivalry over the course of the next few years and uh, I'm happy to hear you seem to have the fans back on board and uh, well deserved uh, been making some great moves Pierre and we thank you so much for joining us and uh, let's chat soon have a great year yes thank you guys and I appreciate the not too much gloating after a Leafs win last night <laughs> uh, no we wouldn't do that to you Pierre we, we appreciate your time and uh don't want to rub it in uh, because uh, we uh, we always enjoy when you're when you're on with us and uh, we look forward to the next time. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pierre Dorian. Uh, Naz, there are some exciting things going on down in Ottawa. You know, they uh, you know we've had Eugene on the show uh, many times, and he's been the brunt of an incredible amount of criticism over the years down in Ottawa, but. Uh, this franchise seems like it's pointed in the right direction. They've got a kid that we didn't even get a chance to talk about who may end up being the best player on this, on this team, Tim Stutzel, who's that uh, dynamic young uh, German player, um, picked uh, third overall a couple of years back. Uh, Brady Kachuk, who's a heart and soul guy, a gritty, gritty, gritty leadership type. Thomas Shabbat, who's probably going to be on the Canadian Olympic team. You got Connor Brown. I, you know, Every time I see Connor Brown in a senator's uniform, I kind of wish he was still wearing the blue and white. Um, so, so much young talent there, Josh Norris, and then you see some of the, uh, you know, Nikita Zaitsev and, uh, you know, Matt Murray, they get him, you know, Forsberg played a great game for them last night. Uh, so, and, uh, and the other night. So there's, uh, the future's bright in Ottawa, isn't it, Ness? Yeah, it is. He was he used the difference though, Forsberg on on uh, Wednesday night, and definitely last night he played well too. Yeah. Uh, sometimes what happens with a team like that young, they may go fall back a bit this year, but next year they'll be they'll be a very good team. I don't expect yeah. them to make the playoffs this year, but I do in the next year or two. Well, it's going to be tough for everybody to make the playoffs this year, including the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Montreal uh, going three out of the gate. How are they going yeah, to catch them? Yeah, oh, Montreal's 0-3, but there's a lot of other teams that are 2-0. and So uh, exactly. it's early still. You know, uh, early still, Leafs uh, 
We'll see what happens. They get the Rangers on Monday night. Now we're getting into the thick of the schedule. I mean, you know, we've had Montreal and Ottawa twice. Uh, we got a lot of that last year. So now we're going to start seeing something a little bit different uh, as they start uh, matching up against uh, all the teams they didn't play last year. So the season's about to become uh, more exciting. Look forward to it. Anyways, we've got uh, we've got some football to talk about, and who better than uh, legend, uh, NFL legend, uh, Argo legend, and uh, Notre Dame legend, Joe Theismann. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother, Rayul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra-thin crust pizza... You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Raul wants is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Ink Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Ink Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. Last minute of play in the game. Unlike sports, the outcome of palliative care isn't determined in the dying seconds. Physically, socially, and spiritually, palliative care is giving someone the best quality of life for however long life remains, while supporting their loved ones. All services are free of charge with partial government funding. The need for palliative care is great. Making an impact is the newly opened Hospice Vaughn Mario and Nick Cortellucci Hospice Palliative Care Center of Excellence. A truly amazing 10-bed residence, the first palliative care hub in Vaughn. If you share the belief that everyone deserves to live until they die, get involved. Volunteer your time or donate to hospicevaughn.com. We are for community, by community. And together, we are here to serve. Opinions expressed on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Pleased to welcome back friend of the show, Joe Theismann. Good morning, Joe. How are you this morning? Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? 
We're great. Thanks so much for joining us, Joe. Uh, obviously, the NFL's in full swing, college football's in full swing, the CFL's in full swing, and uh, I can't think of anybody better to talk about all of that than yourself because you've excelled at every single level. Uh, Washington football team, Notre Dame, the Toronto Argos. So let's get into it, Joe. Uh, fans in southern Ontario, in western New York, are excited because our Buffalo Bills are being chatted about in the top rank of Super Bowl contenders. Uh, it was uh, last Sunday night, the Kansas City Chiefs, who were off to a, uh, probably not as good a start as they would have preferred, a bit of a statement game from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, is that the way you see it, Joe? I do, and it's, you know, it's just great to see the way Josh Allen just continues to progress and grow at the position. But that offense has everything. The line, it all starts with the guys up front. Well, I, you go back to last year's Super Bowl between Tampa Bay and Kansas City. You know, Kansas City loses both their tackles and their quarterbacks at about 80%. But it was really Tampa Bay's defense that dominated that football game. I felt like it was Buffalo's defense that dominated against Kansas City um, in the game the other night. So, I mean, I really... I, you love the direction and the way Buffalo has grown, but Josh Allen is the one that has just gone leaps and bounds. And you know who I think the next one is after him will be Justin Herbert. You'll watch. I think you'll see a better quarterback even next year than Justin than he is this year. And it's great to see these young guys grow. Ness, Joe, if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you don't have a team. And uh, you're right. A lot of teams need number one quarterback. Ness, I don't care what league you're in. If it's college football, if it's if it's Pop Warner football, Pop Warner football, usually it's the kid that can run around all over the place and occasionally throw. High school, quarterback. College, quarterback. Pros, quarterback. If you don't have one, you struggle to win your share of games. Uh, Joe, Arizona Cardinals are 5-0. and And there's a bunch of other teams uh, nipping at their heels. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, the Bills, the Rams, and the Ravens with one loss. Uh are the Cardinals for real? And uh, we're ultimately between Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Bills, Rams, and Ravens, or any other outside contender. Who's going to be fighting it out? You know, there's, there's. I first of all, those were the five teams that were sort of expected to be there, uh, which is pretty much coming to fruition. Arizona improved defensively considerably, and I think that's where they've made the biggest stride. The addition of J.J. Uh, Watt, I think, really helped them an awful lot. Um, you know, Chris Jones, I mean, uh, but I'm not Chris Jones. The, 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 the defense, the, the whole defensive line, they put pressure. And Kyler Murray, you know, I'm, I said this, I think I might even said it on your show uh, before he came into the league. I thought he should have stayed in baseball. Now I'm glad he didn't. You know, I, Listen, I, I felt he was too small. I didn't think he could do it, and he has done it, and I take my hat off to him. And so, um, you know, I've reversed my position on Kyler okay. Murray. Uh, I, I think he's just – he's exciting, and uh, he, he's smart. You know, he's really smart. He, does, he knows how to protect himself. He knows what he can do. He understands his capabilities. And that's key at the quarterback position. You know, what are you able to do? He's never going to be a guy that's going to stand in the pocket like Tom Brady and throw. They're, they're diametrically completely different quarterbacks. But yet both of them are very effective in the systems that they run. So I, I, I like Arizona. I don't know if they can continue on this run. 
obviously health of the players is so important. Who do you lose on a week-to-week basis? Do you lose a couple of linemen? You know, do you do you lose corners? Um, do you lose a running back? Does your quarterback have to go down for a week or two? All of those factors play into what happens. And remember, I mean, we're well. We've got uh, twelve weeks left. I mean, we're, you know, we to talk Super Bowl now to talk uh, playoffs. I think it's a little premature because crazier things have happened. You know, Cleveland's lost a couple of really close, tough games. I still think that's a heck of a football team. Uh, they play terrific defense. They run the ball well. That's one of those teams you have to look at. Uh, Dallas, I think, is another one. It's great to see Dak Prescott, healthy as he is, to go out and do what he's doing. That's another team that, you know, you have to look at and say they've got all the weapons everywhere. They've got running backs. Their offensive line's back intact. Um, their defense, Dan Quinn, I think has done a terrific job with them defensively. So, you know, right now they're surging. It's, it's fun. It's fun football now. Really. Absolutely. Ness, the John Gruden situation, how is it going to affect the Raiders? If the Raiders started off pretty good. Well, I, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a disruption there, um, certainly. And, and, you know, it's just deplorable uh, what came out. But, you know, as a football player, you have, you know, today they have to go play football. You know, there's a game going on in London right now. But as a football player, you have to basically take care of what you can take care of as a football player and go do your job. That's what you're paid to do. And I think that's the way these, this team has to look at it. I'm talking to Joe Theismann. Joe, uh, you know I can't, I can't spend more than a couple of minutes with you without talking about my beloved and your beloved fighting Irish. That's right. uh, they are. Uh, they only lost one game to a really good Cincinnati team that's probably going to be ranked number two overall uh, after yesterday. Iowa lost, so they're not going to be number two anymore. Um, the Irish, uh, so far this year, defense, we'd probably have to say pretty happy with it. The issue in South Bend is the quarterbacking, Joe. Um, your impressions of this Irish team and who should be the quarterback there, if you can comment well, you, on it. You know, it's interesting, Raleigh, because um, you know, we beat Purdue, um, and Purdue just pounded beat Iowa, Iowa. Yeah. the number two team in the country. Uh, we, you know, a couple of plays against Cincinnati, we probably could have had a shot at them. So this is a very good football team that, to me, is is getting a little bit unnoticed. And we've played three quarterbacks this year. I just don't believe that you can be successful rotating the quarterback position. And they're all different. You know, Tyler's a young guy. Drew Pond is probably the most consistent of the bunch. And I found it interesting that, that he didn't play last week. So I'm on my way out for the USC game. I'm curious to see how we do uh, going forward. Uh, this football team, you know, if you can find and create the stability at the position, I think it helps you going forward. It certainly can help Tommy Reese from a play-calling standpoint because, you know, Jack's a big, tall guy that stands in the middle. Tyler moves around a lot, and Drew is sort of the, uh, the guy in between that can do both. So I'm not sure how Brian wants to approach it going forward. I do know that we're a much better football team than I think we've played, and it's time that you know this football team start playing to its potential. Um, just one follow-up question on, on Notre Dame. I'm I'm the, I'm the Fighting Irish guy in this tandem here, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> Nance is, is an Alabama guy, and he's had the upper hand on me for for a while. 
Uh, too many but, years. Too many yeah, years. But man. he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't remember how uh, how important or how important how uh, how, he, uh, how successful Notre Dame was back in the '60s and '70s. And talking about that, as you mentioned, Joe, it's SC's coming up this Saturday. Uh, yeah. I, I, there's one SC Notre Dame game I remember. There's so many of them I remember, but the one that broke my heart was that one in the monsoon down at the Coliseum where uh, I thought Notre Dame had the best team in the country that year, and unfortunately you got a rainstorm and didn't work out that day. Joe, you had a fantastic day, but we uh, we lost in the slop at the Coliseum. Uh, I think it was 70, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, but is, the, is this SC Notre Dame one... It, one of the most iconic rivalries in in college sports uh, is it I, is it lost its luster at all? Or is it still the same as it used to be? You know, you, you, teams uh, uh, for great rivalries, there needs to be something at stake. It's like you know the Boston and the Yankees. That's that's an iconic rivalry. Uh, it used to be Pittsburgh Cleveland to to win the division. Then it, then it was Pittsburgh Baltimore to win the division, and you know. Uh, USC Notre Dame to me is always one of the great rivalries in sports, but you know the Notre Dame program has continued continue to be consistent. There's been inconsistencies at USC, and you know this this will be an important game for Notre Dame to continue to win, to try and get into that Final Four, to be able to have a shot at it because you know Alabama's lost one now. Um, I think Georgia's the best team in football going away. Defensively, there isn't anybody close to to Georgia. Well, Alabama. And, and I think you know we're moving up the ladder very well. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it's one of the most iconic rivalries that exists in football. But there has to be something at stake. You can't have teams that are struggling and call their rivalries something special. And like for the schools, it is. But I think from a national level, it needs to be a little bit more at stake. Ness, Joe, the Argos are favorite to go to the Great Cup right now, representing the East. They're six and three, and in first place by two games. Yeah, I was watching. I, I, I love to watch. Uh, yeah, I love. As I, you know, I'll watch uh, on you know Friday nights and Saturday nights. I'll watch uh, the CFL all the time. I love watching this. You know, my love for the CFL, and of course for the Argos. It's great to see them back. It's great to see, you know, them doing the things that you hope they can do that we did a long time ago, and the championships that they've won. Um, I'm excited for them, and I, you know, I hope that things continue. Like I said, you just got to you have to keep people healthy, and. Um, you know, they may be a favorite now, but you want to be a favorite after you win the East and, and head for the Grey Cup. Where's the Grey Cup this year, by the way? You know, you got me on that one. I'm not sure. You're going to have to make me look it up. Well, not sure. I've got to look it up. That's a, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, certainly, we'll certainly look that one up. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Joe, the, the, the Argos are off to a good start. They're in first place. Great victory against Hamilton last uh, last last Monday on, you know, last play of the game, basically. Um, and uh, they are, the problem for them has been, attendance has been pretty, uh, it's not what they would like it to be, Joe. Let's just put it that way. Um, it's a struggle getting uh, seats, uh, getting bodies in the seats, hopefully, hopefully with, you know, things loosening up from a COVID perspective, we'll be able to get, uh, more butts down in the seats down at BMO. Uh, this team certainly, uh, you know, I watched the game Monday against the Cats, and uh, it was uh, they've got some talent that's worth watching. There's no question about that. They do. Uh, and you know, while you bring you bring up a great point, it's I know that um, yeah, I, 
I talk to people in, up in the Toronto area, and, and certainly the restrictions that um, have been placed on them from a COVID standpoint makes it difficult for people to go out, and they're very reluctant to go out. Yeah. And I think that that will change. It's, you know, the Argos have to continue to keep on winning. You know, you build it, they will come. And we're, we're going to get past all this at some point in time uh, on the North American continent. And, and different states, different uh, provinces handle things differently. Um, and, you know, I, I was laughing the other day. I said, you know, we have all these distri- we have all these restrictions here in this country, but there there were 108,000 at at, a ga- at the <laughs> Mississippi State game. You had 106,000 at a game. You've got hundred, literally hundred hundred thousand plus people attending football games. I'd love to see the statistics on how many people wound up, you know, with with COVID after you've had all those people together. I, I wonder what the total amount of people attending games, college games, over a Thursday, Friday, Saturday period. Uh, what would be the total amount of people that are in those stands? And then my next question would be is, what is the percentage of those that would have contracted or had contracted COVID? But it looks like the percentage is very, very low. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is, and that would be very, it'd be, it would be an interesting scientific um, investigation and i'd love to see the results of that um be curious to see what those results would be joe really quickly we've just got a few minutes left i want to i don't want to get into the politics of it the washington the team that you played for uh the name that they used to use and we're not going to turn this into a political discussion I, that's not my point and in in this world we can't use that name anymore they're the washington football team right now uh, are they going to have a nickname and a new nickname at any point in time, Joe? What are you hearing, and what would you like to see as the as the name of the of the of the Washington team? I'll answer your second question first. I have no preference on what the name uh, what what name they come up with. I mean, uh, there are people working on it right now. They've consulted a lot of different. They've consulted fans. They've consulted alumni. <clears throat> they have a consulting firm. <laughs> so everybody's talked about it. Um, the thing is, is, is there will be, yes, I believe there will be going forward. They say they've narrowed it down to um, three different choices. Of course, you know, we were the Washington Redskins. We are the Washington football team. And there will be probably a new one next year. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but whatever it is, I'm going to root like heck for them because, you know, it's, it's the team I care the most about. I love watching all the games. I, I love watching everybody play, but my heart, is with the Washington football team, and they've got a great challenge uh, today. In about three hours from now, they get to take on the Kansas City Chiefs here at home. So I'm on my way to the game now. Yeah, and they are still wearing the same uniform, same colors. So when you see them, you absolutely know that that team's from Washington, and everybody knows the proud uh, proud history of the team and all the success of that team, of which you were a gigantic part of for so many years, Joe. Really quickly, want to wrap it up with you, Joe. I know uh, you've got to get on with your day. Hopefully, there's a tea time in your near future. Please explain <laughs> to me. Please explain to me, Tom Brady. 44 years old, the other week he passed for over 400 yards. Somebody explain that to me, Joe. Okay, the way, the way I've analyzed this is, do we believe that there is a, another, uh, a, another existence of, a, of, of things out there? He's an alien, Walter. That's, that's all I can tell you. Okay? That, this, is my con- this is my conclusion. He is not of the earth. 
okay? He's been sent down here to prove that you can continue to do what you want to do as long as you want to do it, as long as the government or somebody else says you have to retire. Fortunately, we have no mandatory retirement date in football. I fully expect Tom to come back next year and play as well at 45. Uh, You can't forget George Bland. I think George went to like almost 48. Um, And he was upset with Al Davis when, when George had to leave the Raiders. So, um, but I, I do believe that Tom is, is a rare um, individual. Now, he's all kidding aside, he's been blessed as far as health goes. Um, he's been blessed as far as offensive lines go. And he is the greatest quarterback that's ever played this game. And the reason I say that real quickly from a qualification standpoint, he has won with so many different people around him, but he was the constant that kept everything going. So um, I'm glad. I'm glad whatever planet shared them with us. Uh, I thank them. I hope. I hope this is being beamed somewhere out into the universe, so that they'll know how much we appreciate uh, having Tom be a part of the National Football League. Well, and you know, know what? So I, he, Tom he, Brady is a good first way into. Uh, I want to leave this off with Joe. Is uh, of course you've got a book, How to Be a Champion Every Day, and uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't get an opportunity to talk about your book. In uh, we've only got about a minute left with you, but. Uh, how to be a champion every day. That's Tom Brady, and that's the message in your book, isn't it, Trump? Yes, it is. Yeah, I wrote the book. Um, I wrote the book based upon the world of life, the world of sports, and the world of business all paralleling one another. And you know, I talk about goals and attitudes and teamwork. Matter of fact, I asked, I asked Tom one day, um, I love to do this with people. What makes them great? I do it with business people. I do it with um, athletes, actors, whatever, uh, people in the entertainment industry. Um, and I asked Tom one day, I said, what made you great? I said, don't think about it for a long time. Just tell me off the top of your head. He said, the right time, the right place, and the right people. And if you really think about our lives, the right time, the right place, and the right people allow us to be able to do certain things and accomplish things in our lives. And that was his answer. Uh, great message. And we'll leave, uh, we'll leave you off on that message, the right time, the right place, and the right people. Um, powerful message. Joe Theismann. Joe, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. You bet. Take care, Waller. Naz, take care. Talk to you soon. You Bye-bye. too, Joe. Yep. Joe Theismann. Uh, always a pleasure having him on the show. Naz, we only have a minute or left. The Bills, big one tomorrow night against the, uh, not, uh, yeah, what are we today? Sunday, tomorrow night against Tennessee Titans. Uh, Bills going to continue to go on a roll here. Where uh, your, your impressions, first of all, of the game last Sunday night. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, you and I. The Bills, actually, uh, they beat them up, Wally. They beat Kansas City up physically, mentally, everything. Uh, great game for the Bills. And they they should be flattered with 20 points because I I thought the Bills' defense was fantastic. Yeah, I'm uh, the one part about, about this Bills team, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I guess probably the better word is pleased, uh, is the defense. Um, they have this. This may be their best defense in a long, long time as they uh, – you know, that you know, they – Titans are another another test for them. Derrick Henry, you know, the, probably the top back in the league, is a punishing runner. Uh, let's see how the Bills do in uh, in Nashville controlling Derrick Henry. That'll give us another measure of uh, how how far the Bills have come. Unfortunately, Nez, uh, we've got to run. Uh, we passed the ten o'clock deadline. Uh, to all our listeners, have a fantastic and safe week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.